The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. All right, awesome, guys. Thanks for being here. It's 4th of July, right? What is 4th of July about? What's that? Freedom, right? Who is more free than those who have Christ? Who is more free than those who have Christ, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. There's liberty, right? I'm going to bring up uh, Anastasio, or better known as Stosh, uh, to come up, and he's going to share his testimony. We've been doing that each week, and just letting people come up and share, because you know what? This isn't just about coming to church. Good to see you, Alan. This isn't just about coming to church. This is about coming in community and allowing God to work on us, to change us, right, to be more like him, and also to be there and encourage each other, right? We keep saying church isn't a showroom, it's a garage, right? It's okay to come in here and still need some work, amen? So Sasha's going to share, man. He's got a great testimony of faithfulness. I love this guy. And, I, you know, we came, he's already here when we came to this property, but, man, he is just been a blessing, just a blessing of faithfulness, years of serving the Lord and walking with God. So I'm going to let him share and just listen, because anytime you have a chance to hear from somebody who's walked the walk, not just talk the talk, right? Who's walked the walk, it can really have an impact on your life if you allow it to. Praise God. I'm a little nervous, so kind of with me. Uh, this started uh, 1991, but before 91, there were some other things that led to it, but uh, 1991, I had been, um, I had served the Lord for 11 years, and uh, I had been married for 21 years with uh, four kids, and uh, so in 1991, my wife came to me, and she said, uh, I don't want to be married anymore. I don't want to be a mom, and I want no responsibilities. So, um, you know, here I'm going to be a a father, you know, uh, uh, no, no mom, just a father. And uh, I had a three-year-old daughter, had a 12-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old son. And so, you know, I knew the Lord. I knew the Holy Spirit. I knew, I knew where to turn. I knew he was there for me. So I turned to him, and step-by-step uh, step, he took me. He showed me how to be a dad, a single dad. And uh, at that time, I was working... A bunch of hours, real long hours, so it was hard for me. Work all day and I had to take care of the kids. And uh, But you know, when, the, when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter, a helper. So he sent the Holy Spirit, but then he sent me another helper, my 13-year-old daughter. She had a big part in raising this three, three-year-old. And uh, it was hard. I had to pray for her because it was hard for her, 13-year-old. Raising a little three-year-old, you know. And so then the, the boys kind of helped too. So uh, so during the day, she would take care of his three-year-old, and i come home, and I would take over. And so uh, a, f- a few months down the road, uh, my son told me that my wife had called, well, my ex-wife. You know, I'm going to call her by Mary. Her name was Mary because I love her and I respect her. No matter what she did to me, she was my my true love. And uh, so uh, Mary, my son says, I'm, Mom called. And I said, uh, 
Well, yeah, what she wants, he said, uh, uh, she wants to take her out to dinner and, and tell you something. And I said, uh, I just stopped and I looked at him. I said, she's pregnant, isn't she? He goes, yeah, she's pregnant. And uh, if you do the calculations, she was pregnant when she was with me. And as a matter of fact, before 91, I said the stuff that led to it. She had been unfaithful to me, but I had forgiven her. But I still had a big broken heart. And you know, I read uh, recently about somebody explaining how broken heart, what it feels like. They said it's like a big hole in your heart with a cold, cold wind blowing through it. And it's real painful. And another thing is that it just lingers. You want it to go away. And I had to pray, Lord, take this from his heart. It's not easy. It's so painful. You know, you wake up with this pain. You go to bed with this pain. But the Lord said, no, my son. I'll take it away, but not now. But I'll go through it with you. So I had to pray every morning. Every morning I get up. Lord, give me the strength to make it to this day. And he did. Every day he showed me what to do. He showed me how to raise the kids up. And you know, another thing I was, uh, last, week, last week I was kind of rehearsing what I was going to say today. But the Lord brought something to me. And he gave me uh, Isaiah 59, 19, where it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And he brought me to remembrance that uh, when I was going through this, well, before this, uh, let me tell you about the, well, my, my uh, Mary, she had two kids. One kid, she had a daughter, and then the next year she had another daughter. I mean, a son. And so, uh, you know, I could have hated those kids. I could have kind of wanted to, but the Lord wouldn't allow me to. I treated them like they were my own. I would bring them presents come Christmas time. The birthdays, I was there for them. I never said anything about, bad, bad about them to my kids. It was just the spirit of the Lord working within me. But anyway, so uh, last week, uh, so the, the Lord gave me this, this uh, Isaiah 59, and then the, he told me, but to remembrance, when I was going through this, I couldn't get angry. You know, when somebody hurts you, what's the first thing you want to do? Get them back, right? Well, I couldn't get angry. It was like I had no capacity to get angry. And I wanted to say, Lord, I want to at least talk bad about her. And I couldn't even talk bad about her or, or her kids. It was all good things. It was the spirit of the Lord working within me. And I thank you for that. Uh, there was no anger. There was no uh, pressure. You said that uh, you had unforgiveness for your dad. How long did that take? Long time, right? Yeah. And it's hurtful, you know. Unforgiveness is hurtful. You're only hurting yourself. But the Lord, when he put up that standard, it's like he wouldn't allow unforgiveness to come into my heart. I had to forgive her. I was angry for a while, but it wasn't very long, believe me. And then I had to live those long years with unforgiveness because the Lord took it from me. Like He just put a wall. Unforgiveness, you can't come in. Uh, anger can't come in, you know, and the bitterness stay out. I think the Lord protects us from certain things, don't you think? There's things that He protects us from, so He protected me from that. So I was able to love Him, and even the guy that she was with, Jeff, I couldn't say anything bad about him. Not a thing. I wanted to. I would tell my kids that so and so, you know, look what it did, look what your mom did, but I couldn't. It's like I didn't have it within me. There was nothing like that it was in me, so that that helped me through to make it, you know, and uh
So then down the road, uh, Michelle started growing a little bigger, so she kind of got, um, she started to realize what was going on. Her mom's not, not at home. She came home from school. So she got a little bit anger, bitterness toward her. And so they would clash. They, were, they would get together, but they were always clashing. It wasn't, it wasn't a good relationship. Uh, it took a little while, but then the, after a while, she started having a mother-daughter relationship, and they started having a good relationship. But, uh, but then the cancer, irreversible head. And so Mary developed cancer in her lymph, lymph I always have trouble with this word, lymph nodes. The little uh, we have in her on her arms, and then she got the cancer. She went through the cancer treatment, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, after a while, she started getting better, and um, but then that cancer got to her lungs, and she started getting worse. She had to carry her oxygen tank. I hate those things, but I know they help people, but I hate it. So anyway, she um, she started getting worse, you know, after a while. She's gonna get worse. So one time we took her out to eat, and uh, she couldn't eat too good. She was real, real thin. She had lost a lot of weight, and uh, we took her out to eat, and she ate her whole plate. They said, "Oh, maybe she's getting better." We thought there's a little hope, maybe things are getting better. But um, no, it got worse. And uh, there was an evangelist coming through my church, and uh, she wanted to go. She wanted to evangelist to pray for her. So I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll pick you up, okay." So we had a plan. I was going to pick her up, take her to Vanilla. She, he would pray for her. But before that happened, she wound up in the hospital. And uh, from there, she went to hospice. She was at the hospice. And so there she was. I felt so bad for my kids, especially the little girl. She was just getting close to her. And so uh, she was in the hospice, and, and the Lord told me, you need to pray the sinner's prayers with her. And I said, uh, I, I talked to my sons. They were in their 20s by now. And um, the Lord said, no, you pray for her, not them. So, okay, okay, Lord, here he goes. So I went to her room. I asked everyone to step out, select you. And so um, I prayed her through. You know, I loved her still. I, I had no... You feeling through her, just the Holy Spirit loving her through me. It was not me loving her, it was the Holy Spirit. And so I prayed her through. And then the, I said, okay, Lord, I know she's about ready. She's going to meet you. She won't be in any more pain. She'll be, she made it. In other words, she made it. I was glad for that. And then a day or two, I don't know if it was the next day or maybe the following day, I went in to her bed and her room. And like the Holy Spirit, I know this wasn't me, it had to be the Spirit, because he directed me to go to the bed, to the foot of the bed, I cover, uncover her feet, and I started giving a foot massage. I massage her toes, her feet. It's kind of like Jesus did when he washed the disciples' feet. That's like I felt, I felt that. And so here the Lord allowed me not only to pray her through, but to say my final farewell. Because I was, uh, when I was massaging her feet, then she, uh, I heard her take her last breath of air. She gasped, and she, she was gone. And I, I stood there, and I looked at her, holding her feet. And it was like a peace. I just had a peace come over me. 
nothing I've ever, I've ever felt before. And so I was just thankful that the Lord allowed me to pray, not only to pray her through, even though she, she broke my heart to pieces, she threw me and my family away like dirty rags, you know. But I still loved her, not in my strength, but in the power of the Lord. And so, um, you know, I don't know where y'all been, but the Lord knows. I don't know where you're going, but the Lord knows. And the Spirit of the Lord is within us. He's there for us. All you got to do is reach, grab, ask, and he'll show you. He'll, he'll show you what to do. And, uh, you know, some of your hurts might have been worse than mine. Or, or Brother Jason back there, you know, he went through a lot. Maybe pain was worse. I don't know. Maybe it was not as bad. But still, the Lord cares every little detail in your life. And he wants you to reach for him because he's there. All you got to do is reach. And he'll lead you and he'll guide you. And he'll bring you through all your darkness. Amen. Thank you, Stoff. Thank you. Wow. Powerful, isn't it? What God can do when we allow him to do it. We're going to be talking about forgiveness today. And... Uh, you know, freedom comes in forgiveness. You know, I, there's some quotes on, on forgiveness. It says, you know, forgiveness is unlocking the prison doors to let someone out and realizing that you are the one that was in the bars. It's this thing of holding this bitterness, holding things in, and yet we want to forgive. It's so hard and so difficult to forgive and to let go. But we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the last month. And one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is, the Bible says, is to work in us to both will and to do according to God's pleasure. The things that God wants to do. And we know that God is into forgiveness. Because God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only son. Right, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. God gave his son in order to bring a way for forgiveness. That's his heart. You know, Jesus, literally on the cross, Father. Forgive them. As he's being, not after they apologized. After. And we heard last week from Jen, you know, her parents had abandoned her and she experienced all kinds of abuse. And uh, her mom got sick and she was able, the Lord led her back to her mom's side. And she was able to talk to her about the Lord and forgive her and led her to Jesus. Pastor Art had the same experience. His dad abandoned him and left. And he talked about that just a couple weeks ago. And yet he comes in and he's talking to his dad. He, he finally meets his dad as an adult and he comes in and says, what? He says, man, God wants me to forgive you. And he led his dad to the Lord. And here, Stosh, his wife throws her family away. And what happens? Not only does Stosh experience forgiveness, but Stosh is able to then be used to bring her into the kingdom of God. That's a whole different level. That's a whole different thing. And so I want you to just have your ears open. I want you to have your heart open. Because through forgiveness, God wants to bring freedom. And that's why I'm doing this subject today. Is because today is freedom. Right? I was walking my daughter yesterday. Four walks yesterday. Four walks. Could we live somewhere that's not hot and humid? Every time she gets shoes on, she heads to the door. Walk, walk. I'm like, we did that. Walk, walk. We did that. Walk. Come on, Dad. Walk, walk. And if you don't go, she'll figure a way to get outside by herself. You kind of got to go. So we go, and we end up down there, and we're looking. And she looks up, and all of a sudden I hear her go, Aw, so cute. 
And I look over, and I'm like, and she's looking at a couple rabbits in the grass, because we have a lot of rabbits in our neighborhood. And she sees the rabbits, and she starts just walking towards them, and she says, come here, my rabbits. <laughs> of course, they have no idea that they belong to her. And so what do they do? They run. They run. They don't know. So we are almost home, but we had to turn around. We followed the rabbits down, back down through the neighborhood. They'd let her get about 10 feet close, and then they'd bounce off again. She'd start running again. You know, some of you have been running from God because you don't know that you're his. Now, you've been running. Every time God gets close, man, he gets this close to you. You just run. You just run. And the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. If you just be still today, just be still. Just listen to God's word. It's for you. Because he loves you. He cares for you. That's why we do this. Because God is trying to get to you. So just be still, hear his word, okay? And let it really get into your heart and into your mind, okay? Father, we pray right now as we get into the word that you will let, Lord, people hear it, Lord, not only with their ears, Lord, but with their hearts. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're talking about freedom beyond forgiveness. Because God always takes things to the next level, right? <laughs> he always turns it up to 11, right? Let's crank this up. It's up. I forgave. I'm trying not to hate them. All right, let's turn it up. Let's go beyond that. Let's get going. Right? Let's rub their feet and lead them into heaven. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. God turns it up. And so we're going to talk about that. Matthew chapter 6, 14 to 15. I'm going to start here because this is important. This is God's law of forgiveness. This is not mine. This is not Old Testament. This is New Testament. This isn't just somebody talking. This is Jesus himself talking. Okay, so if you're a believer or if you're somebody that wants to what's it mean to follow Jesus, this is what it means. Out of his own mouth. For if you forgive men their trespasses, men, because you know what? Women never do anything wrong, right? Didn't even have to say that. <laughs> if you forgive men, that's what it's about. He's really talking about humanity in general here, okay? That's what he's talking about. So sometimes women can do things wrong. Just don't tell them that. Okay, life at your own risk. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Who needs forgiveness? Man, we all do, don't we? We all do. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your sins. Sometimes we're going around, God, forgive me. Lord, have grace on me. God, forgive me. Lord, have grace on me. God, forgive me. Lord, have grace on me. Because Jesus died on the cross for me. That's wonderful and amazing. But Jesus is talking and he's aware that he's coming down to save the world. He's aware that he's going to go and sacrifice himself for humanity. And yet still he's saying if we don't exercise forgiveness to others, that God holds back his forgiveness from us. That's pretty big. That's a pretty heavy thing right there. It's not just a suggestion. It's a requirement in order to walk into God's forgiveness for us. We have to be willing to reciprocate and give it to others. It's an exchange. You know, I'm going to wipe away 
all of your sin, but you have to wipe away the others. Jesus tells the story of the guy who got thrown in prison because he owed a bunch of debt. Right? And he begged to get out until he let him out. Well, he went right out on the street and grabbed another guy and started choking him and says, hey, you owe me money. And the king heard about it. And what did he do? He grabbed that guy and said, man, I, I forgave your debt. I set you out of prison. And you went and you chased this guy down and attacked him because he owed you money? Well, guess what? Now you're going back in prison. And he threw him back in. So this wasn't the only time Jesus talked about unforgiveness resulting in that person not being forgiven. That person being locked back up. Now, if you're in that situation, say, well, why would that guy be so angry? What a rude guy. He was forgiven, and he ran out and chased some other guy down. I could tell you a good reason why that would happen. Because it's most likely that the guy who was first thrown in prison for a debt, he only owed that debt because guys like that other guy that were out there wandering around never paid what they owed him. Because if all the people had done him right and paid him what he was owed, he would have had the money to pay what he owed. Right? So he gets out of prison. What's the first thing you'd want to do if you thought the only reason you were there is because all these other bums treated you bad? You'd want to go get some revenge. Right? Sometimes we look at our life and say, the only reason I'm in this situation is because of other people. And God might have forgiven me, but man, those other people still need to pay. And yet God's forgiveness isn't just for us. It's meant to work through us. To touch other people. But that's Jesus talking. So that's God's law of how forgiveness works. You got to give it to get it. It's both. Now, well, how do you do that? Well, Stosh said it, man. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's God working in us to help us to do it. Here's what the word forgiveness means. The actual word, the Greek word, epiemi, means away from, to properly send away, to release, to discharge. So I'm not mad. I'm not offended at you anymore. I'm letting you go. I'm setting you free. I'm discharging it. It's over. Boom. Wouldn't it be great if that's all that we had to do? It's not that hard to forgive somebody if you can just forgive them and let them go. I mean, it can be hard, but it's not that hard. I mean, I, I forgive you. I'll never think about you again. Your problems, nothing, just goodbye. But that's not the whole standard. That's only the beginning of what God calls us to. But that is the first part, is to let go, to not have your charges against somebody, to release them, to let them to be free. That's hard to do because we have to trust God, that God will bring justice, that God doesn't just let everybody get trampled on and abused and beaten. We have to trust him as the good God who both has forgiveness for people, who balances it with justice, who knows what's right, who knows what's wrong, who knows what to do. And we have to fully trust him with that. You know, it's kind of like when you have kids. You know, I have my kids, and one of them gets in trouble, but two of them were going at it. So back in the day, this was before you couldn't do all this stuff. Statue of limitations is way gone, I'm sure. So what they used to do at my house, there were seven of us kids. Dad would come home, and everybody's fighting. Say, well, it's his fault, it's his fault, it's his fault. Nope, not doing that. Everybody line up. And we just have like a spanking chain. Boom, 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 boom. One at a time, come in the room. But I didn't do it. I don't know who did it, but I don't want to deal with figuring it out. So you guys couldn't figure it out yourselves, and I'm figuring it out for y'all. Right? You're all in trouble. Right? So it's, you didn't want to trust justice to your parents. <laughs> you just want to figure it out ahead of time. But we can trust God with justice because he's good. Okay? Because he knows. Because he loves us. We can trust that God will do that. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 through 21 
talks about this. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is going to happen to all of us. Every person is going to end up at some point standing before the judgment seat of Christ. When we die, we're going to end up standing there before the Lord. And he's going to say, okay, it's time to talk about your life. It's time to talk about your life. Choices you made, decisions you've done. Jesus took that standard to the inside. Your thoughts, your feelings, what's in the heart, not just what people see. It says so that each of us may receive what is due as for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So then we know what it is to fear the Lord. Well, we shouldn't be afraid of the Lord. Right? He's good. He's good, but he's also just. We're not talking about fear. We're not talking about, you know, a horror movie. Running from somebody chasing us down the street. But a good, healthy fear. You know what? I drove by a cop this morning. And he was in the turn lane, and I was in the straight lane. I was on my way to church. And as I passed him, he was in the turn lane. I passed him. He got out of the turn lane and got behind me. A little fear of the Lord. What does he want? Right? What does he want right now? So I just drove smooth, and he stayed back there for quite a while. Like, sooner or later, he's gonna get, I kept looking at streets thinking, should I turn down that one? Anybody ever take a turn you weren't going to take just because there's somebody behind you? And you never did anything wrong. I didn't even do anything wrong, but I'm, I'm taking a turn, man. I'm getting out of here. But I just stayed straight. Eventually, he finally turned off. Do you know why? Because unlike my family believes, my driving is perfect. He looked. He searched me. Tried me. Could find no wrong. But we will stand before the Lord. And more than our driving will be held into account. God's going to look at us. We're supposed to have a fear of the Lord. We're supposed to have a respect for God, for his ways. It says we try to persuade others. And it says what we are is plain to God. Whatever front you put on, whatever you tell other people, whatever you post on your Instagram, your social media, anything like that, you know what? When we get before God, we don't get that. You don't get to say, oh, God, I know what you see, but just check my socials. They're awesome. Just look at my TikTok. It's amazing. I got all kind of followers. God doesn't care. Because he knows who you really are. He knows what's really going on. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. God sees all of that. And it says, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are plain, we, we are as plain to God. I hope it's plain to your conscience. This is him talking this through. This is Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to verse 12 is that forgiveness is supposed to come from the heart. It says we're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but we're giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. He's saying you know, don't look on the outside, look at the inside and see what God's doing. He says if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. Like if, if what we're talking about, this judgments, forgiveness, like this whole different way of leasing out of our mind, it's because of God. You know, Pastor Art, you're crazy for finding your dad after all those years that abandoned you and going there and finding him and talking to him about the Lord and forgiving him and loving him and trying to get him into heaven. You should have let him go to hell. You should have got a front row ticket. Watched him burn. Roasted a marshmallow over him. He left you. If we seem out of our mind because what we're doing and what we're talking about, it's because of God. That's why. But he says, but if we're in our mind, it's for you. 
So we're trying to take all this and we're trying to slow it down and process it and share it with you and teach it to you and show it to you. Even though it's bigger than our mind, it's bigger than our heart, it's bigger than what we can do, really bigger than what we can explain. But we're trying to just slow it down and get it down to bite size so we can tell you this is how God wants it done. We're trying to get you there. We're trying to help you. Going on to verse 14, it says, For Christ's love compels us. You ever been compelled to do something? What do you think compelling is? You think, oh, that story is compelling. That's interesting. No, compelling is like real serious compelling. Like, get this done. It's like addiction level. Like, man, I need a fix. I'm compelled. Well, you're going to lose your family. Well, I'll deal with that later. But I am compelled to do this right now. Like, it's compelled. If you've ever been depressed, discouraged, you're like, man, I want to be happy, but I'm compelled to go into this dark spot. Right? It just pulls me in, right? It's talking about a compelling of God where God compels us that this is the way that we think we should go, that we want to go. I want to get angry. I want to be bitter. I want to do this. I want to hold this. But I'm just compelled to let it go. I'm compelled to forgive. I'm compelled to do this. I'm compelled to move forward by God. It says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all have died. In other words, Jesus died for everyone's sins. And so when I see them and I'm trying to be angry and upset, I can't do that because what I see isn't just them, but I see, man, God died for them. I love Jesus. And Jesus loved them enough to give his life for them. And Jesus knew, God knew, that they were going to do what they did to me. And yet he still loved them. He chose a sacrifice to try to win them over, to bring them to him. And he wants me to do the same thing. He wants me to have the same heart. See, his love compels me to do this. It says, for he died for all, and those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Well, I should have this result or this revenge. I should have this happen. I should get this made right. That's probably true. But when we give our life to Christ, we're trading it for his will and his desires. And in his world, in his relationship, he has already paid the price for them. And we're trading our rights. We're trading our desires. We're trading our abilities. And we're bringing to him saying, Lord, this is yours. You can have it. And I'll take yours. I'm going to receive your forgiveness. And now I'm going to walk in that. It's a trade-off. And so this is what's happening. This is how God's working in us. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17, there's a sacred ministry that we're actually called into. And this is where it goes beyond forgiveness. It's not just letting people go. It's not just setting them free. It's a whole other level. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. In other words, that person has been made new. I'm so glad I'm not who I was. I'm so glad some of you aren't who you was. (laughs) I've known some of you long enough to know, praise God, you're not who you were. And anybody that's known me for very long, man, you're praising God that I'm not. You know, back in the day, back when I, before I served the Lord, man, when I was 
literally ripping doors down in my literally ripping doors down in my house in anger and rage. When I wouldn't let my wife answer the phone because I wanted to be calling into our home. I didn't want people around. I hated people. And I remember a guy told me I was at a church like this, and a guy, you know, had a word for me. He said, I got a word for you. And his word was, if you'll just say yes to whatever God tells you to do, he's going to give you a heart for people. And he's going to start leading you to minister to people. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't like people. I don't even want a heart for I don't like people. I don't need people. People are the reason I have problems. I don't have a heart for them. But I agreed to just say yes, so I started saying yes to what the Lord asked me to do. And slowly but surely, God started, just kept putting me in connection with people who were in difficult situations. I started seeing God's heart for them. He started changing my heart. And this thing happens, and it goes through. But he made me a new creation. It says, the old is gone, the new is here. All of this is from God who, now here's where it gets interesting, reconciled us to himself. That's a key word, reconciled us to himself. Reconciled. And that's not all. It says, he reconciled us to himself through Christ and he gave us, not just forgiveness, he gave us something to do. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, he gave each of us, every single person in here, he said, you know what, now your job, your ministry, your work is to bring reconciliation. That's what it is. Well, what's reconciliation? Let's look at that word. Reconciliation means to change from enmity, right, which is being against, right? That's enmity. It's being against. It's warring. It's enemies. We fight each other. We don't get along. We don't. It's friction. It's like the two opposite sides of a magnet. We put them together, they're just going apart. It's enmity. I don't want to be there. But it says it's to change from enmity to friendship. Not just release and let go, but embrace and become friends. To care for, to love one another. That's a whole other level. That's massaging their feet while they're going to heaven. It's a whole different thing. Lord, I don't just want to forgive. Lord, I want to like them. I want to care for them. I want to have good feelings for them. Friendship. It doesn't just say that we're supposed to do good things to them. Is friendship, which is an internal thing, is to actually have a desire to see them blessed, a desire to care about their life. We're supposed to do this, and that can only happen through God. Second Corinthians five ten through twenty one. We're ending here on verse twenty. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador doesn't do the work that they want to do. An ambassador does the work that their boss wants them to do. Hey, go represent us this way. I think that's a dumb idea. Hey, you work for me. Right? This is what I want. This is the trade deal I want. This is how I want to work with that country. Go, go represent us. Right? So God's saying, this is how I want you to represent me. We're Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. We're doing this on the behalf of Jesus. 
implore, it's to beg, it's to ask, it's to plead, it's to say, just wait, wait one more time. Just listen. He wants you to be his friend. Because it's reconciliation with God, and God's given us a message of reconciliation. So we're not just talking about us being friends. Our appeal is God wants to be your friend. That's why he's following you. That's why everywhere you turn around, you seem to run into something. That's it's, it's not just because he's stalking you. He's not a creeper. Big creeper in the sky. He's not a hunter. You're his rabbit. He wants you. He wants to pick you up. He wants to love you. He wants to care for you. He wants to be your friend. He doesn't want enmity. He doesn't want you to be against him. He doesn't want to be against you. Sin brings that in. Rebellion brings that in. Doing our own way brings that in. The whole purpose of the cross is to remove that so that we can then come back to God and be joined back together. For what? For relationship. For friendship. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. What would happen? Adam and Eve are walking around, and Kyle preached on this a few months ago. That God would come down in the cool of the day and walk with them. Why? Relationship, friendship. God wanted to be in connection. He made us because he loves us. And so our position is to forgive, not just so our relationship can be restored or so we can be free. I don't want the burden of being bitter. That's, that's a benefit that we'll get. But it's beyond that. It's to say, do you know what? Let's not have something between us because I've got a message for you that's too important. I don't want to filter it through bitterness. I don't want to bury you here that keeps me from sharing it because what I have to share with you is too big a deal. It's too important. What is it? Is it that you're not mad at me anymore? Well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm not mad at you, but it's bigger than that. Well, what is it? God loves you. Not only have I forgiven you, but if you allow him to, God wants to forgive you. God wants to change you. God wants to help you. And this is what he's calling us to. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. Come back into friendship to God. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is God's desire. First for you, and then also for those that are in your life. God wants you to experience forgiveness. And then to go beyond that. Like, I know a lot of people, man, it's like, you know what? Yeah, God forgave me of that. I'm not doing that anymore. Well, how's your relationship with him? Well, I don't know. I'm busy. I don't know. Well, he didn't just come to forgive you. He came to have relationship and reconcile. He forgave you in order to take the next step. It's the next step. That's what it's working towards. Not just forgiveness. And we have God come in our life. We have relationship with God. We begin to walk things with him. Then God says, oh, see that guy right there? Or see that gal right there? Yeah. What do you think of them? Oh, I don't like them. You don't know them. I don't need to. They're people. People have problems. But I, I love that one. And I love that one, and I love that one, and I love that one. What do you want me to do about it? Tell them. 
Tell them that you've been forgiven. Tell them that I want to do that for them. Tell them that I want to bring restoration and reconciliation. I want to have a relationship. Just tell them for me. No, I don't want to tell them. They might reject me. It's not about you. I'm not trying to get them to fall in love with you. I'm trying to get them to fall in love with me. I'm God. I'm trying to let them know that I love them. You're just the middleman. You're just the ambassador. You're just telling the story. Help them get connected to me. That's what our call is as believers. Is to walk in it and then to walk people to it. That's what God wants us to do. Amen. Let's bow our heads. There's freedom that comes in forgiveness. And I just want to give opportunity right now. If you have an area in your life, something that's going to be gone on, maybe it's a long time ago. Like, Lord, I need to forgive. Lord, I need to forgive. Then I just want to be able to pray with you. If that's you, I just want you to put your hand up. Maybe you've tried to forgive before. Just keep it up for just a minute. I say, Lord, I need to forgive. Lord, I need to let it go. I see those hands. If you're here and you say, you know what? I need to be forgiven. Man, when I came to the Lord, I was in a counseling session. First pastor I met with, met with him four times. He called me a dirty name in his office, literally. I said, dude, you are a beep. I'll never meet with you again. I said, praise God. I didn't want to meet with you anyway. I'm telling my wife, the pastor thinks I'm a beep. I'll never come back. Then they brought me back, and they had seven or eight guys doing their voodoo tricks of counseling on me, trying to get me to see the error of my ways, and I couldn't see him. Bitter, angry, upset. One guy finally said, you know what, would you just pray and ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to show you if there's anything that you have done wrong that you need forgiven for. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm a good driver. Nothing wrong here. I started to pray that. And man, it just, boom, I saw, man, I am a mess. It's me. It's me. Like, I've done this. I've blown up my family. I'm hurting people. It's me. And I spent 40 minutes just bawling like a baby. Confessing all kinds of stuff. Stuff they didn't know I did. Heck, stuff I didn't even know I did. I was just cleaning the slate. I might have done this. I don't know. I might have done that. Who knows? I heard a guy did this once. He's not any worse than I am. I probably did that. Just clean it off. Check under the hood. I got something. Just get it out. But at the same time, I could feel that it's me. I could feel God saying, I'll forgive you and I'll help you if you let me do that. If you're in a place to say, you know, I need forgiveness, you can raise your hand. I want to pray for you too. And Lord, I need forgiveness. It's not somebody else. It's me. It's me. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that we could experience the freedom, Lord, that comes through the work of Jesus on the cross. Lord, that you paid the price. God, Lord, that you wiped our sin away. Lord, at the price of your life. So that we could be reconciled to you. We could have relationship with our Father. Lord, that we could have connection with the one who made us. 
Lord, I pray that each person that raised their hand would experience the forgiveness that comes from knowing you, Lord. And Father, those that need to forgive, God, as they receive your forgiveness, Lord, let it just bring a humility. Let it bring, Lord, a joy and a freedom, God, that causes them to want to share that with others and to forgive others. Lord, if we're known for anything, God, let us be known, Lord, because we are your ambassadors of reconciliation. Lord, that we are doing the job that you've asked us to do. Lord, that we are allowing you to love others through us by first allowing you to love us completely and fully so we can experience the freedom, Lord, to do that. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. I know this can seem a little heavy. We're talking about forgiveness and all this stuff, and we walk through heavy stuff. It's just so important. We're talking about freedom today. Freedom starts right there. It starts right there. So thanks for being here. I love you guys. We have briskets and stuff over there. Lots of brisket over there. We have four briskets over there, big ones. So there's going to be a lot of food. Don't make us take it all home. Go eat it. Go make a friend. And stick around. Love you guys. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.